0: Well, as Adam uh, shared as we started the service, we're doing a new series, a new emphasis of messages called Christian, and it's got a question mark at the end of it because we're asking the question, what is a Christian? A lot of people call themselves Christian. A lot of us throw that terminology around, but what we want to understand is we just said the Bible is the most special book ever given. It's God's Word. What does the Bible say about what it means to be a Christian? And what we're really doing over the next few weeks together is we're trying to look at fruit. You say, "Well, you mean apples and oranges? No, I'm not talking about fruit, fruit. I'm talking about fruit is kind of a spiritual way the Bible uses to say evidence. We're trying to say what is the evidence in someone's life that I am a Christian. Last week we talked about the first one, really the starting one. That if you are a Christian, there should be a turning point that happened in your, in your life. There should be a time when those, as I shared in my prayer, the light bulb came on. That I realized that I need God and that I heard about what Christ had done for me on the cross and how I had risen again, how He wanted to give me life and how I received that gift as my personal Savior. And I turned my life over to God. If you are a Christian, the Bible says in, in uh, John chapter 3, verse 3, you must... Be born again. You must have a life transformation happen. And that's really where we want to pick up today. We want to talk about that if I am a Christian, I should have a changed and changing life. Do you hear what I'm saying? If I'm a Christian, my life should have been changed in some ways, and it should be in the process of changing. If I am truly a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, by the way, before we get into this, I just want to share with you, this is the reason that many people do not want to come to church. The reason that many people do not want to come to church is because they say, I see so many people who call themselves Christians, but I'm not against God. But from what I've seen of his so-called people, I don't want to be like that. Many of us claim to be a follower of Christ, many Christians across our nation. But listen, to a watching world, our lives are no different than anyone else. And so many people say, I don't want to go to church. Why would I want to go to church? Why would I want to call myself a Christian? Because you look exactly like I do. I'll just keep on going like I am. What's the use? But if we have truly given our life to the Lord, we should see a life that has been changed, And a life that is changing. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. First of all, a changed and changing life shows something that the Bible calls repentance. Have you ever heard that word before? The word repent, the word repentance? If you read the Bible, you're going to see that apparently in our relationship with God, God emphasizes to us that we need to experience something called repentance. It's just very clear in the Bible that if God were at work in your life... That would be something you would expect to see. Let me give you some verses. Mark chapter 1 verse 4. The Bible says, and you know, I, I've never really noticed this emphasis until I began looking at this. The Bible says in Mark chapter 1 verse 4 that, that John, uh, John the Baptist, when he began his ministry, it says that he came preaching a baptism of, guess what? Repentance. or because of the forgiveness of sins. Now, listen, don't miss the picture. The word baptism means to be covered with something. It means to be saturated with something. It means to be overcome. It means to be kind of drowned or immersed in something. So John came saying that our lives need to be buried in, need to be covered by repentance. That is the attitude, that is the action of life of a person who truly is following God. Jesus, notice this, when he first started his ministry, his public ministry, in Matthew chapter 4 verse 17, it says from the beginning his message was, guess what? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Wow. Wow. One more step. Mark chapter 6, verse 12. When Jesus first set out, sent out the disciples to do ministry, it says they went out and preached that men should... I bet you can't guess what. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that John the Baptist, Christ... And those that he first began to send out, their clear message... You know, have you ever like, bought a Volkswagen? You never, you never noticed a Volkswagen before until you bought one? And it's like, everybody's got a Volkswagen. Yeah. Have you ever noticed something in the Bible that you've read many times and you never really picked up on it? Man, I never noticed that that word, that idea is somehow critical to God's message to us, isn't it? So I guess the question is, what is that? What is it? What do we mean when we use the word repentance? Well, we're talking about a changed life. That's what repentance means. Repentance literally means to change your mind. It means to change your way of thinking or your way of understanding things and beginning to understand a different perspective. So let's go back and plug that in. John came preaching a baptism of, having, of exchanging your thinking. John came saying, you need to exchange your thinking for whose th- who's thinking. For God's thinking. Jesus says, I want you to change your thinking for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Doesn't that bring it to life? I want you to change the way you see things because God is at work right now. That's what Christ said. Mark chapter 6, the disciples went out and they preached that men should have their thinking changed. We should have our perspective changed. I need to exchange the way I view things and I need to exchange it for another viewpoint. And really the idea in the Bible is, the, the, the idea of repentance is, is that I begin to see who I really am, and I don't like that. I'm not happy with that. I want that to change. And then I begin to say, you know, I want to exchange that with God's help for His way of viewing things. Well, certainly, we all have moments when we continue to struggle with that. But if you are a Christian... You should no longer live in that old way of thinking. You should no longer be staying there. Does that make sense? So all of us kind of go back there for a visit every once in a while, right? And I'm being nice. Robbie did not go there every once in a while. It's like, you know, all through the day I might be being pulled over there, right? But I should not be comfortable staying in that old way of thinking because I have repented. I have changed my mind about that old way. Guess what? I don't like it. In fact, that's one aspect of repentance is there's a brokenness. There's a sorrow over what I've done with my life. Write down 2 Corinthians 7 verses 9 through 11. In that passage, it gives us that idea of true repentance is a brokenness over what I've done with my life and a desire for that to change. It's also closely tied with faith. So many times when you read the New Testament, salvation is kind of briefly summarized as repentance and faith. And so what it's saying is, I came to a point in my life where I said, I don't like the way I'm living my life. I want it to change. That's repentance. And faith is, I've heard that God has a better way for my life, and I'm going to turn my life over to Him. I'm going to exchange my thinking for His thinking. That's faith. That's trusting in God and His way. So those are some things repentance is. Let's talk about some things that it's not. First of all, I'll write this down. Repentance is not just feeling bad. It's not, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry for what I've done. I'm such a loser, okay? God's not trying to make us, God's not trying to condemn us. God's not trying to pour guilt on us. That's not repentance is. God's not trying to, you know, sort of beat us down with all this, uh, with all this you know, guilt and condemnation. Listen, That 2 Corinthians 7 passage that I was just telling you about, that passage talks about that that kind of regret or sorrow is not from God. It is from the enemy. We have an enemy who is called the devil, the adversary, the accuser. He is consistently poking his bony finger in your face and trying to tell you how bad you are and how wrong you are, and how little you deserve what God's done for you, and that, that God can never work in a person like you. That's not what God's doing. That's the enemy, and you need to recognize that. Now, what this is talking about is not a guilt that overcomes and overwhelms and crushes us. It's talking about an attitude where I get to the point where I'm broken. I'm sorry over what I've done with my life, and I want that to change with God's help. I have a desire for that, and I want to see that actually lived out by actions in my life. You're a Christian, you should be experiencing. You should have experienced and be experiencing a desire for that change. I don't like the way I've been living. I want to see more of what God's done. But it's it's not a feeling bad thing. Secondly, it's not earning God's favor. Now, this is very important. When we start talking about life change, okay? And and, and I've shared this with you before, and I'm going to continue to beat this drum for the rest of my life and share with you. That God's not trying to say to us this morning, all you guys are messed up, get it right today and leave here saying, got to get it right, got to get it right, got to get it right. Anybody do that? You get in your car? Okay, Uh, here's what we learned about today. Got to get that one right this week. Well, guess what? Next week you forgot that one and you're working on something else. We're always messing up, right? This is not, God's message is not a do good message. It's not try real hard and see if maybe you can please me. That's what religion does. Religion kills, doesn't it? Religion destroys us. Now, thank God for His grace. We don't have to earn God's favor. God has already accepted me. If I never get anything right, which is very common, if I never get anything right the rest of my life, thank God I'm secure in Him. Amen? But it is saying, I have a desire to, to, to see my life change. Because of God's work in my life and God's power, not, please listen, because some of us have been taught this so much, it's going to take a while for this to kind of sink in. It is not dependent on your work and your power and your efforts. It's okay this morning to say, I can't do it. It's not even a, I wish I didn't have to say that. God said, I'm glad you finally got it. Amen? Amen. It's not trying to be perfect. Living a repentant life doesn't mean you have to get it right every time. It doesn't mean there's not problems in your life. Again, it just means God has changed my way of thinking and I'm changing more and more as I walk with Him. It's not giving up a few things just to make God happy. That's the way uh, some people approach their their walk with God. You know, okay, if God wants me to give up some stuff, okay, I'll do that. But my heart's not in it. I'm just trying to make him happy. Well, some of you men sort of uh, relate to your wife that way. There's some things my wife wants me to do. And okay, I'll do a few things just to make her happy. Ladies, you feeling the love? Or are you just like, oh, that's just just all kinds of relationship. Well, I think it's probably about the same way with God. God's not saying, hey, let's sit down and negotiate some things. And I'm going to take some things and you can keep some things. And, you know, that kind of thing. Now, listen, friend. Repentance is, I love God. I don't want, my desire, I'll never get there fully. Thank God I'm secure in Him because I messed up. But my desire is, I love God and I don't want there to be anything in my life that would hurt Him or that would hurt His work in this world or that would harm His work in someone else's life. Amen? That's my desire. A Christian's life has changed and is in the process of changing. I've seen it happen in different ways. I've seen people. I've seen people. I've seen a guy that was living with his girlfriend, accepted Christ, and, and immediately began to realize, you know what? This is not honoring God. So we're moving out. We're, we're until, until we get this right, until we make this a marriage and officially a home, we're not going to do this because I, I can. I know this is just not honoring God. I've seen people give up alcohol just like that. Just you know what? I can't. I can't drink that anymore because of what it does to me, of the impact that I've seen that it's making on others. On other people's lives that, are, that I'm influencing. Other people, maybe it wasn't that immediate, but they begin to realize, you know what? This is just not good for my life. And through a process of time, God would just begin working that out of their life. I've seen people change their job because they realize when they gave their life to Christ, my job does not honor God. What I do with my life is not honoring to the Lord. And so I'm going to stop doing it. I've seen people change their, their mouth. Stop cursing. Because they just realize, you know what? I got good stuff in me, so it doesn't make sense for all that bad stuff to come spewing out. So God changed all that garbage. That's my desire. Nobody's perfect, but I've seen people... That some of those, those are some of the changes that I don't like it anymore. Amen? I mean, if sin wasn't fun, nobody would do it, okay? So there is some enjoyment to it. But I say, you know what? I don't like where it goes anymore, I don't like how it ends up. I don't like the destructive impact. That's repentance. If you're a believer, you probably remember when you gave your life to Jesus that God began making some changes, didn't he? Some of them were immediate, and some have been. Hopefully, if you're a follower of Jesus through the process of time, your life has been changing, hasn't it? You're still in the process of change, some of you have just given your life to Christ, and you're beginning to say, "Oh my goodness, things are happening in me." Amen. I mean, God is at work. People at work are noticing you're different now. My families begin noticing just my attitude, again, my language, or, or my approach to life. For all of us, for a true child of God, we should be demonstrating repentance, a desire to change. But the second thing, let's let's look at it from a different angle. A changed and changing life has a desire to grow. If you are truly a follower of Jesus, if you are truly a child of God, a Christian, the Bible makes it very clear, and it's also clear as you watch God's work in the lives of other people when they give their life to Christ, a Christian has an unmistakable desire to grow. Did you hear me? Do you have that? You have a desire to go further. Not just for those old things to be gone. But listen, God doesn't just take things away and leave us empty. He said, I want to take out the junk because those were counterfeits. Those were, those were uh, fake things. And I want to give you the real thing that your heart was yearning for. And so I want to grow you. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15. In, the, in, in one translation it says, let us grow in every way. My translation the New American Standard says this. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. It says we're to grow up in every part, everything in my life. I want to grow in my relationship with God. Second Peter 3, verse 18. God commands us to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. God says, I want you to grow in your relational aspect with me, that grace part. But I also want you to grow in your knowledge, in your understanding of who I am and my purpose in your life. God's desire clearly, his command to us as Christians is, keep pressing on. Keep moving forward. Keep growing. I love this image. Jesus is so great at pictures and illustrations. Matthew chapter 13, verse 33, Jesus spoke a parable to the people. Now, just to let you know, a parable is basically an everyday life story that is used to communicate spiritual truth, okay? So God gives them something that they can kind of relate to in real life so that they can understand something about His work in their life. It says He spoke one of those parables to them, and He said, The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three pecks of flour, which is about 50 pounds, until it was all leavened. Okay, when you put leaven in flour, what happens to that flour? It rises, right? That leaven gets in there and it spreads. It grows. It expands. It increases. Listen. Catch this image. When I allow Christ to come into my life, when I, and you're almost, just thinking about swallowing, okay? When I, ingest Christ when I receive Christ when he gets in there he's like leaven he's not just sitting in there God wherever he is he makes that situation grow he makes the situation expand and increase further if God is at work in your life you can't help it he's nudging you to keep going amen and you might be fighting this morning, but you sense it, don't you? God's wanting to be on the move in your life. Now, I want you to listen very carefully. We need to pause for just a moment and, and mark something right here. This is one of the most troubling aspects of church and people who call themselves Christians in the United States. Ever since I've been a Christian, I've noticed... Many churches and many people, many churches are filled with people. Listen, is this you? Filled with people who are fine just where they are. I'm fine. I, I feel good. I'm comfortable right here. And listen, we joke around about that like it's, like it's kind of normal or kind of even cute. You know, I'm just me. This is just me. This is just the way I am. You just have to accept that. We, we act like that, that's okay, but it should trouble us greatly. When we as a church, when we as an individual say, I don't want to grow anymore, I don't want to change, I like the way things are, we are very possibly saying that God is not at work in our lives. If God is in you, He is calling you to move forward. Now sure, we all struggle with that, do you struggle with that? I, I like to get in the groove and work it, Amen. I like to find my sweet spot. and Let's go with it a while. I mean, probably when Adam mentioned at the beginning of the service, we're going to talk about change today. You just welled up inside and said, oh, I'm so excited about change, right? No, you said, I wish I'd stopped at Steve's place and just eat extra this morning instead of coming to church because I don't feel like dealing with all this stuff, right? Nobody gets excited about change initially. We fight it. So sometimes it takes us a little while to get on board with the Lord. You like me? Sometimes it takes a little while. But if I'm a child of God, there is no way that I should be okay with being in the same place today that I was last year. Is that you today? Would you start, to be honest with you, I have not grown spiritually spiritually. In the last year, I can't tell you significantly what God has changed or done in my life to grow me in Him. You know what, there's some people that, that call themselves Christians, they haven't seen that happen in a decade. That should be troubling. That, that should say to us, okay, what's wrong with this picture? If God is in me, I'm not okay with that. Healthy, living beings grow. Christians, children of God, are going to have a desire to grow. Do you have a desire to grow? Are you experiencing growth in your life? Is that evidence that I am a child of God? Does sometimes the enemy poke his finger at you and say, you're not really a Christian? But, but what we're doing in this series, some of it is evaluating. Do I need to reevaluate? Am I, am I a child of God? But some of it should be assurance and encouragement to you because you say, I've been sort of struggling. I've been sort of doubting. But you know, I think he's in there. Amen? I think he's in there because I want to grow. I can't help it. Sometimes I drag my feet. I don't want to do it. But he's in me. That should be encouraging to you today. But others, you say, you know what, Pastor, I, I mean, I've been in church my whole life. I've been at New Hope for 10 years. I teach a kid's class. But I got to tell you, I've been sort of hanging out for a while. I need to think about this. Is God working in my life and I'm just sort of fighting him? Or have I truly given my life to Christ? Last thing is this. A changed and changing life looks different than the world. If you're a Christian, your life should be different. Now what we're really talking about is holiness. And as soon as I say that word holiness, you're like, oh great. I I mean, this is like out of my league. This is like religious speak. This is like, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a holy person. I mean, we just have these religious connotations that we aren't even sure what they mean, but it just seems like too big for us. But let's just kind of boil it down. Holiness really means being different. Did you hear me? Holiness really means being different. In a good way. The reason God is holy, holy, holy. Holy, in the Bible, three is a number for completion. God's different. No, I got to tell you. Did you hear me the first time? God is really different. No, no, I don't know if you understand. God is more different. That's the third one. God is more different. God is set apart. God is special. God is in a category. God is unique all by himself. When you sing holy, When you say the word holy and you're thinking of God, what you're saying is he's not like anyone or anything else. Do you see that? So don't just take that as something. Yeah, we talk about God. He's a holy God. And you've never even thought about what it means, what you ought to think is different, what you ought to think is special. He's unique. There is no one else like him. And the Bible says when we know that, God, if you are a Christian, you will be different too you will be you may not be comfortable with this i'm the same way i don't like taking on religious stuff and i feel a little bit intimidated or kind of i want to be careful about that i just you know i want to make sure i understand what it's meaning but but you need to understand what god's calling us to is holiness to live a life that looks more like him first peter chapter 1 verses 15 and 16 it says but like the one like the holy one who called you be holy yourselves also in all of your behavior because it is written you shall be holy for I am holy. What the Bible's saying is God is holy, God is different and he's called us that now again is anybody hitting on all cylinders? No. But our desire is that I want all of my life, all of my behavior, all of my actions ultimately to reflect God. Amen. Because think about it, whatever aspect of your life right now is not reflecting God is probably not a good thing. Amen? I'm being nice him probably. <laughs> it's not. Whatever's not in line with God's purpose for my life or reflecting Him is hurting myself and hurting others. So my desire is for my life to change and to be different like Him. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. That's a strong verse. It says, pursue, and that word means to follow, to chase after, almost to tackle down, okay? It's a strong word. It says, pursue peace with all men, and also pursue the sanctification, and some of your translations translate it, pursue the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. That's a strong statement. The Bible says for us to pursue a different way, God's way, and without that kind of life, we won't see God. We won't go to heaven. Now hold up just a minute. What we're not saying is that this is a requirement for us to work hard on. Remember we said that. We can't do it, right? We're saying that it's evidence that He lives in our hearts. Remember Ephesians 2, 8, and 9? It's by grace through faith that we're saved. It's not by works that we've done. It's not by us earning favor of God from God, right? Titus 3 says, not by any righteous deeds which we have done. So we're not talking about we've got to be holy, we've got to be different so that God will accept us and we'll go to heaven. What we're saying is the Bible teaches that salvation is not earned by works, but it is evidenced by works. So what it says is, I don't have to do something to get God, but if I got God, I'm just going to go with what I'm saying, okay? If I got God, I should be doing something. So it's evidence. I'm just telling you, I got God. And you should see some fruit, some evidence coming out of that life if you're a Christian. Now let me also here clarify what this does not mean. We need to pay close attention because many Christians have misunderstood this. Many Christians have taken this God's call to us to be different and special in the wrong way. Listen, many of us have used the the, the um, designation of being holy as really a guise for being arrogant, for being judgmental, for having a critical spirit, for being obnoxious or aloof, like we're something special. Does God ever say to you what he says to me? Who do you think you are, Robbie? Does he ever say that to you? Who do you think you are? I think God said that to some of us here this morning. Hello. Like Paul said in Corinthians, what do you have that you haven't been given? So why would you be proud about it? You received it as a gift from God. Please listen. If your version of holy keeps you from being able to impact the people who need God, you don't have a Bible definition of holy. Think about it. Christ was and is the most holy. But Jesus, thank God for you and me, is a friend of sinners. Amen? Jesus somehow did not, did not cease to be holy... But he, in the, in, as He continued to be different than everyone else and, and reflect who He is as God, He was able to intersect the lives of those who needed Him. In fact, listen. It's not even that, that He didn't have to, but He did. That was His whole purpose in coming. Wait a second. And that's His whole purpose in leaving you here too. So if we have this idea that I'm holy and so keep the world out, build the walls, protect us. That's what a lot of churches, a lot of Christians are saying. That's not a right view of holiness. God says be different, but not not obnoxious, critical, even sometimes weird way, intentionally weird. I mean, if I'm weird, okay. But don't try to be, right? Here's what I tell my kids. Okay, here's the thing. Okay, so A couple of my kids are you know, starting to think about working, and that's a good thing. And so they're, talk- they're thinking about working, and so I say, you know what? Let's talk a little bit about. You need to be different at work. Well, how, Dad? Okay, I'm going to tell you. It's actually fairly simple to stick out in the marketplace. Come to work when you're expected to be. <laughs> Seems like easy, right? Do what your boss says. And this is a big one. Don't complain about it, right? Seriously. Isn't that true? If you can be dependent on, if you do what you're asked to do and you don't complain about it, you're probably going to get promoted sometime in life. Because <laughs> 80 to 90% of the people are missing some of that. So be different in a good way, right? Now, I can tell them be different, and they can decide to be different in a bad way. They can just, you know, be a hard case and be the biggest problem at the work. They can be different in a bad way. So we've got a choice. God says be different, but some Christian, basically, I've got to be honest with you. I'm just going to shoot straight with you. Many Christians have basically used this as an excuse to hide behind religion and to be proud and arrogant. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, Hey, thank God for your freedom. But don't use your freedom as an opportunity to feed your flesh. And by flesh, it just means your sinful nature. And so many Christians are. oh, I'm just trying to live a holy life. No, you're just proud and snobby and looking down on everybody else and blaming God for it. Isn't that true? When that sticks out at work, everybody says, "Hmm, I don't want to know that version. When you start being the person that lives for God and does the right things and encourages other people and helps uh, the company be successful and all these kind of things, wow, that is different, isn't it? I want to ask every Christian here this morning, is your life becoming more and more different than the world? Is your life becoming more and more different than you used to be before you gave your life to Jesus? Are you and others seeing a difference in your life? Or honestly, I want to ask you just to ask, ask the Lord to show you the truth about this. Do you act like, just like everybody else at work? Do you say the same things? Do you stab people in the back? Do you, do you try to manipulate? Do you, you know cheat the company? Whatever? Do you have a bad attitude? Do you cause problems? Just like someone who doesn't even know the Lord? Do you still live your life following the same priorities as everybody at work does who doesn't know the Lord? Are you still acting like the person you were before you came to Christ? You're, you're pursuing those same gods. This is an opportunity for, him, for you to really do an evaluation. I'm saying I'm a follower of Jesus, but according to God's definition, am I truly a Christian? Am I truly living out? Is my life changing? Again, I'm trying to continue to make this clear. It's not, is my life perfect? Amen? It's about progress, not perfection. I can't get perfection. But in Christ, He declares me perfect just so I can have the opportunity to have a relationship with Him in the first place. And then practically, He helps me to grow and to make progress and one day I'll be all nice and fixed up, okay? When I go to heaven. So so we're gonna make mistakes, but that's no excuse not to continue to say, God, my desire is with your help for my life to look different so that you will get glory. Because people will say they'll say it. There's something different about you. Hello, hello, hello. Don't keep writing that email. Don't pick up that ringing phone. You should see a light bulb in your mind saying, window of opportunity. Door open. They just said they're seeing me being more holy. Don't get proud and say, oh, I'm reflecting Christ more. You know, I feel so good about myself. (laughs) That's garbage. Why are you going that route? You're killing the opportunity. You seem to be different. What is it about you? Well, if you've got a few minutes, you know, break time, I'd love to share with you. Okay? What's your story? I've got to be honest with you. I'm just as big a jerk as everybody else. In fact, you, you don't even know what's going on in here most of the time, okay? But I met someone who changed my life. Jesus Christ. He changed my life. Let me share with you what happened. I guarantee you, if we start living lives like that, many of you are, You will not believe it. I'll tell you what. what? Every week, God is changing people's lives because you guys are going out there just saying, God, help me to look a little different this week than I did last week. Amen? There's a lot of definitions. Churches, pastors, religious leaders, Christians. There's a lot of definitions. What does it mean to be a Christian? But we're saying, what does the Bible say? If you're a Christian, it may not make us comfortable, but you should be sensing. You should be seeing. Change is occurring. i got to be honest with you. I don't like the way I, I used to live. Maybe you'll say today, I don't like the way I'm living right now. But it's not just sorrow. Because sorrow can just lead to guilt and condemnation. Just, just sorrow on its own. It's a godly sorrow that leads to repentance. It leads to a change of thinking, exchanging the way you've been seeing it with the way God's been seeing it. now by faith trusting. Are you willing to do that today? Are you here and you say, you know what, I cannot do this, Pastor Robbie. Amen. We think that's a shame to say that. God's just saying, I think you're ready now. I cannot do this. I want to with God's help. Would you tell him that this morning? Would you just ask him? God, I need you. Would you just bow with me right now? God, yeah, maybe you're that person. God, I hear you. I know. It's, everybody else can go home. I know this is for me. You're speaking to my heart. Thank you, God. I gladly receive your gift today. Thank you for your kindness towards me. Thank you for doing this. For dying for my sins. Thank you that you were able to defeat it. I receive this offer that you're giving to me I ask you to change me today and to begin a process of changing me more and more to be like Christ if you're here today and you are a Christian and you're stuck you gotta ask yourself a question am I truly a child of God if the answer is no Deal with that this morning. You need to ask Christ to be your savior. But if you know that you know that you know that He's in there, you're just blocking Him. You're fighting. Well, that's the most miserable place in the world to be, because you know God's working, but you're you're going against that. Eventually, you've got to give in. Why don't you let it be today? Why do you want to go one more day fighting God? Did you just say, God, I hear you. I know what it is. I know the sin. I know the choice that's keeping you back. God, I lay that at your feet today. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me of that. I don't like it anymore. I repent of that. Somebody here would say, you know what? My next step is I need to show it. I need to let it show. And I need to... And someone says, man... I really look up to you, or man, you do it, really do a good job, instead of saying thank you, or I try hard. Lord, help me to take that next step and say, well, it's because of Christ. It's because I serve the Lord. It's because of my real boss, God. God, help someone to take that next step today. Because there's so many who need you. We're the only Bible they're going to read right now. weak we are, Lord. You know how hard it is. We're going to need you to give us the desire and the ability to do it. Please help us. In Christ's name, pray.